Hello, you're listening to Spirit Life Teachings with T. Jason Price, founder of Power for Freedom Ministries. Check out full sermons, encouraging words, and more on our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and website, all linked in our show notes. Now, here's T. Jason Price. And we're going to talk about spiritual warfare tonight. What am I? So I'm excited about it. Uh, And so we're going to pray and get into it. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for opening our eyes and opening our ears. We thank you, Father, uh, that you are guiding us and directing us, that you have a plan for us, that you are already out in front of what you have for each and every one of us. God, help us to mature tonight. Help us to really see what you're doing. Help us to understand our role in the kingdom and what you have asked of us to do and equipped us to do. Father, help us tonight to find that equipping and to find that identity in you and really pursue with all that's in us, everything that's in us, the kingdom of God in the part that you've called us to build. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right, so let me grab my Bible verses here. We're going to look at a couple Bible verses tonight. We're going to start in Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to talk about what am I. A lot of people, when it comes to spiritual warfare, uh, where they get a little bit off track and eventually get really off track, uh, is not knowing what you are. And I know that you're going to say, well, I'm a human. Well, we are. We live in these things. But uh, we're more than that. We're a child of God. And so we want to go over a couple verses to lay a foundation of what you are in God. And then we want to look at how our identity in the different things, not the speaking it and creating it, but the ownership of identity. There's a difference. Now, don't walk around cursing yourself. Don't work around speaking evil or death on yourself or you know don't speak that the, the tongue has power of life and death and always speak life but tonight we're talking about your identity of who you are and a lot of times what comes out of your mouth speaks to what you believe in your heart and so there's a difference between a bad confession or walking around saying um i don't even want to say anything but like you know you think every day is going to be bad or you know you just walk around the cloud or you don't don't speak curses on your life especially uh, you know, let them sit on you and they can't legally, but you can sure open a door for the enemy to attack you and harass you. And we don't want to do that. But there's a part that's a little deeper than that. And that's called when your identity gets messed up is where you start owning things that are not true about you. It's not a confession anymore. It's an ownership. There's a difference. So in Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. We're going to look at a couple verses here. And you can uh, put these in a comment so you can write these down. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. So we know when you're born again, you're a new creation. You're made in God's image. You're his workmanship. Uh, we are sons and daughters. There's so many verses. I mean, there's uh, hundreds of verses of our identity in God, of who and what we actually are. And tonight I want to talk to you and take you on a little bit of a journey from Genesis and we want to go into the new covenant then we're going to end up. And uh, I just, I want you to see what happens when it's not a confession, it's when you take on an identity. When you take on an identity, a lot of things can start to go wrong in your life. A lot of things, your belief, your faith, open spiritual doors, uh, because you're not asking for it necessarily, you're, you're claiming to be it. And if you're claiming to be it, you've given a legal right for whatever you're claiming to be to own you. Not confessing it, you're, you're owning I am that. 
right? So when someone has an anxiety attack, they might say, I have anxiety. No, you do not have anxiety. You are not a person that has, you don't possess anxiety. Uh, you currently in your flesh, your body may have some anxiety, but you are a child of God. You are a born again creation. You do not have that. Or I have, uh, you know, uh, depression. Well, you may be depressed, but you don't have to own depression. You don't have to take ownership of it as in naming yourself that identity of that's who I am. I am depression or I am anxiety or I am uh, anger or I am fear or we don't want to claim these things in the sense of not name it, claim it, it's not what I mean, but we don't want to claim them in a sense of identity over our God-given identity. And what happens is there's two things, one spiritual identity and the identity of humanity where the symptoms of humanity, you know, the things that happen to the flesh, we're all growing older every day. These things don't last forever. That's why we get new ones. And so as they start to, I don't know what the right word is, but they start to not work as well as they used to. They kind of get some miles on them and they don't work like they used to our bodies. It's very easy for us to start identifying with what is going on as that is who we are. That's not true. Because if you leave your body, which we all will someday, you'll find out, nope, I'm not that stuff. I was inside a body that presented or manifested those things. Uh, and when you get to heaven, you're also going to find out spiritually you weren't those things either. And, you know, we are not going to use Timothy tonight, but you're familiar with Timothy. And Paul tells him you have not been given a spirit of fear. Well, it's because Paul is telling Timothy in your spirit, you, you can't have an ownership of I have a spirit of fear because you were not given a spirit of fear. Well, I fear I feel fearful well you may feel fearful but you can't identify as who you are as a fearful person owning the spirit of fear it's not biblical you were not given that you were given power love and a sound mind so let's go to genesis chapter three we need to look at adam and eve here in the garden uh, we're not going to go through the whole part of the garden but in verse 10 this is where god is calling out in verse 9 he says lord god called to the man said to him where are you and in verse 10, he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. This is Adam saying it. And I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And, he, and the Lord said to him in verse 11, who told you you were naked? Okay, Identities that we own or we start to take on come from somewhere. Right? They're either coming from God or they're coming from Satan. You could say, well, they could come from the world. Uh, much of identities come from somewhere, either God or Satan. Symptoms can come from the world. Uh, you can have fear. You can be depressed. You could say you're addicted to something. I'm an addict. Don't say, don't take on the identity of that. Say my flesh is struggling. God's doing a work in me. Eventually, my flesh is going to get rid of this thing, right? So those things happen in the flesh. But speaking into your spiritual being, Adam is identifying with a naked man because he currently is a naked man uh, by allowing a spiritual root from Satan to speak into Eve's life, to eat the apple. Adam ate it, and it manifested into the reality. They're standing there naked. They are naked in front of God. So there's power, not in just confession, but there's power and identity of taking on what we are and owning it. And so he made leaves to try to hide themselves because they knew they were Naked. In other words, they, they took on that identity to, to a place of complete understanding and ran from God. And this is what happens when you take on anxieties, anxieties, I'm sorry, identities. You run from God. They don't run to God. You run away from God. And I want to keep showing you 
uh, different examples of what happens when you take on an identity compared uh, to where you understand the difference between them. And Paul does a great, great job of this in the first Corinthians chapter 15. And we're going to look at verse nine, chapter 15, verse nine. So when you follow me with this one, for I am the least of the apostles. I'm not fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. So he, he knows what he did and he knows he wasn't an original apostle and he knows what he did. He knew that he, you know, was uh, against a church. Uh, but he's saying here in verse 10, but by the grace of God, now listen, I am what I am by the grace of God. He's owning by the grace of God, I am what I am. And because of the ownership of where that's coming from spiritually, he goes on to say, and his grace towards me uh, did not prove vain, but I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. And we know Paul continues forward in ministry. Adam took an identity which led to an actual spiritual uh, result. In other words, it became a real thing when he grabbed that identity. He became naked in front of the Lord. He became ashamed and he had to run. He had to hide from God. Paul is taking on the identity of I am what I am by the grace of God. Now, Paul's not, he's not thrown into the wind that he never was anything. He's owning, I was these things, but by the grace of God, I'm not. So when you own it with the grace of God, you own it with God speaking into your identity, even if your past is there whispering at you or you remember your past or people remind you of it, it can't affect you in your identity because your identity is really the foundational core of what God uses in your gifting. Your gift is is in you for your your calling, your identity in God, your purpose in God. It's not what you say that you are. That's a different thing, speaking with your tongue. This is owning what God has made him, right? I'm, I am the least, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Adam goes from standing in a position with God, the enemy speaks into his life, and he's naked running from God. Paul goes from a position away from God, right? God speaks in his life, and he gets in a position with God. And we want to keep looking at this. So go 1 Timothy, uh, first chapter, verse 15. It's a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost of all. Right? Paul's saying, I am the chief sinner. Some of your verse say, I am the chief sinner. I, I am the, the worst of all sinners. In verse 16, yet for this reason I found mercy, so that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Again, Paul's taking the reality of his past. He didn't make an identity with it. He's not saying, I am a sinner. I am a, I'm horrible. I did this or that. Paul's saying that I was this, but my identity, not what he's speaking, his identity, what he knows to be true, what he's manifesting in his life, uh, where the presence of God is using him in a tangible way, in other words, in a real way, where his signs and wonders, where his gifting, where his anointing, where everything is flowing from, Paul's owning that new creation, that new birthing in him from God. And he's saying, because of this, I found mercy. We hear Paul talk about the grace of God, the mercy of God. He's owning his identity. And you say, well, he deserves these other things. Absolutely. And he's not denying that. He's saying, by the grace of God, by the mercy of God. He, he's owning his identity and he's taking the parts that feel a little off because your past can get to you 
And he's owning it by saying grace of God, mercy of God. He's bringing these things into his identity, into his existence of who he is in the core of his being. Now, this is important uh, because as you minister, uh, i got to turn here to Bible. As we minister, we learn that we minister out of our identity, who we are in Christ. We talk about it all the time. But what we don't really hear much about is how to make sure our minds line up with the Spirit of God and that we manifest an identity that we're not we're not one of these people say I was never this bad person. Paul's not saying I was never the worst. I never did this. Paul's saying I did all this. He's he's shutting down that identity by using God. He's saying the grace of God, the mercy of God, the gifting of God. I am what I am. So you may have anxieties, you may have depression, you may have an addiction, you may have something. And that may be the truth of your natural stuff. Okay? It may be the truth of your spiritual condition right now. Maybe you're you're on the fence or maybe you're a little bit conflicted or, or maybe you're even tormented, right? Maybe you're being attacked and you're being tormented. But you can't take that as I have or I am anxiety or I am fear or I am depression or I am an addict. What you what we need to do as Christians is we need to do what Paul says. I I am by the grace of God. I am by the grace of God, by the mercy of God, by the call of God, by the ordained, predestined, before I was even alive, purpose of God. We've got to grab hold to that new birth and say, I'm a new creation in God, and therefore my identity in Him had to change into that new birth to become who God created me to be, or I didn't really have a new birth. And so you can't have the old Jew and a new you and a birth between it and be the old Jew. you got to have one or the other. That's what Paul's teaching us. Now, where do we get the speaking of identity and the desire to own identities that aren't of God? Well, it's a lot. It's through your scripture. Here's where the warfare part comes in. Turns me to Mark chapter 5. Don't know if I'm going fast, so I'll slow down a little bit. But uh, I believe that I uh, have something important I want to share with you. I believe it's from God. He's been speaking to me for a while. And uh, every now and then, he just brings these topics up and says, this is the time to release it. And I asked today for, hey, what would be a good topic with the leaders? And then the Lord said, nope, I got it for you. So uh, that's why I'm a little excited and talking fast tonight because I love when God is pouring out because this is for someone. It's specifically for someone or someones. Uh, When God gives you something to share, it's not just doing it because he needs to hear my voice or I need to hear it. God has plans and he ordained things. And so someone out there, maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow when you watch it or a week, a year, a month, it doesn't matter. But somebody, this is going to get to at the right time. And that's why we always promote to share the videos and pass them to your friends and family who may not know us or would want to listen to a, a Christian man speaking and a podcast and all that. Not because we're trying to promote for marketing, but because I believe with all my heart that there are people in the muck and the mire and living in these conditions that need to hear the truth of God to get free. Because this is the only way you get free. You get free by hearing the word of God and let it activate and take a hold of your life. And so in Mark chapter 5, verse 9, Verse 8, he said, this is Jesus talking with the Spirit, okay? Uh, and let's go to verse 6. I'm sorry, I apologize. Go to verse 6. Mark 5, verse 6. Mark 5, verse 6. Seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him, and shouting with a loud voice, he said, What business do we have with each other, Jesus, the Son of the Most High? I implore you by God, do not torment me. For he had been saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And in verse 9, and he was asking him, what is your name? And the Spirit said to him, my name is Legion, for we are many. So there's an identity 
that this man is being owned by, that this man is not even, uh, he's not giving permission. He's possessed. This is not a Christian at the time. There's a lot of demons in him, and their name is Legion, and they're telling Jesus the identity of who this person is. But it's not true, because Jesus says to the Spirit, what is your name? A lot of us confuse the things in people's lives. If you're a non-believer, you can, you can have all kinds of mock problems. If you're a believer, you can have all kinds of oppressions and all kinds of influence speaking in your life. And so when we look at ourselves and we listen to other people, first do it to yourself, you got to ask yourself what comes out of your mouth about what you're owning. Are you owning something that's planted by God that's going to draw you to him by the mercy and the grace and the forgiveness and the power and the love of God? Or are you owning an identity that is pushing you away from God in your nakedness? Okay. So what happened here? We see a spirit. What's it doing? It's pushing this person away from God because the spirit knows that when this identity, this spirit is gone, the identity is going to leave with the spirit. And this man then will understand that he is a child of God. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, if you go down, he gave him permission to come out to the swine. Uh, and the demons came out, and the herdsmen ran down to see what happened. And they were amazed that the demon-possessed person was sitting down in verse 15, clothed in his right mind. It was the very man who had the legion, and they became frightened because they saw an identity change. Now, I know it was a deliverance, but what they saw was someone who lived in a cave and cut themselves and was chained up and was tormented. Identity of a possessed person become the identity of someone in their right mind talking to Jesus, talking in a normal sense. The sign and wonder to them wasn't the spiritual uh, manifestation because I don't think they grasped that. They were worried about their swine. Uh, but what they really grasped was here's someone whose identity has completely shifted from living in a cave and cutting yourself, right, the nakedness away from God, until now he's sitting there with Jesus. Oh, I know. It's good, right? We're going to keep going look at more examples. So turn with me to Mark chapter 9. It's about the boy... Uh, who father was talking to disciples about getting delivered and the disciples could not deliver the boy. And I want you to go with me in verse 16. And he asked them, Jesus said, what are you discussing with them? And one of the crowd answered some teacher, I brought you my son possessed with the spirit, which makes him mute. And whenever it sees him, it slams him to the ground, foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, stiffens out. I told your disciples to cast it out and they couldn't do it. Right? They, they could not do this. And he answered, said, how you unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. And so they brought the boy to him and immediately the spirit threw him down, convulsion, uh, falling to the ground, began rolling around and foaming at the mouth in verse 20. We see an identity, okay, an identity that everyone recognized, everyone accepted and everyone called him. They, just like the demoniac, owned the identity this person was giving off. Now, I got to put this out there. This isn't really in the same sense, because these two examples were possessed. This is beyond their ability to change. There's nothing they can do. They need a strong man to come and enter the house and bind up the strong man and free him. In our case, a born-again believer, you and I, who I'm talking to, if you're born again tonight, if not, it's easy. You just you pray. We can lead you in that prayer. You ask the, the Lord to be your Lord and Savior. Repent of your sins. Ask him to come into your life and mean it with all your heart. And then go in the process of becoming born again and tell Jesus, you want to be born again in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if that's you tonight, you reach out to us. We'll talk with you. You can text the phone or right here, private. We'll pray with you. And we want to get you on this side 
of the spiritual team, right? We want to get you on, on the, the winning team with Jesus. So this is, this is not really the same example that I can say had a choice because they didn't have a choice in this identity. But I want you to see how strong a spirit can give someone an identity that everybody recognizes. Everyone recognizes. Right. And so he threw him on the ground, foam at the mouth, and he asked his father, Jesus, saying, how long? And we go down, and the, and the father finally says, uh, if you can do it. And Jesus says, if I can, all things are possible to those who believe. And the father says, help me in my unbelief. Great teaching, amazing example of God having patience and working with our unbelief. It's amazing. And so verse 25, when Jesus saw that the crowd was rapidly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you to come out of him and do not enter again. And after crying and throwing him in a terrible convulsion, it came out and the boy became so much like a corpse that most of them said he is dead. Now, he was not dead at all. Uh, in fact, he was very much alive. And now what happened was a new identity. Well, you know, a old him died, a new creation in God. Some of us are walking around uh, and our identities, our identity is not shifted in our minds, in our bodies, and in, in the acknowledgement in our spirit. And we want to be used by God with signs and wonders or prophetic gifts or healing gifts. But your identity has to shift. It's got to become the reality of who you are. Again, we see with in the Genesis, the very first example, you grab the wrong identity, you run away from God. We see Paul owning it. We see Timothy own it. We see a whole bunch. We just use a couple examples. And they own it, and it runs towards God. We see David, when a prophet comes to him and says, uh, you are the man. You know, you're the man that I'm warning you about. We see David repent, and he grabs the identity of uh, the mercy and the grace of God. And, and Acts chapter 11, we first started, all of us, I say we, brothers and sisters, we first started in the Antioch church in Acts chapter 11, verse 26. This is where we were first called Christians in Antioch. Now, why is that significant? Being called Christian, we say it to each other all the time. But think about it in this sense. If we call someone a demoniac, uh, if we call a boy a uh, deaf and mute spirit in them, if we call somebody depression, if we call someone they have fear or they have anxiety or they have addiction. And now think about that as I say this to you. What happens when we call someone you are, identify, I have Christ. I am a Christian, Christ-like. I have Christ. Not I have depression, not I have anxiety, not I have addictions, not I have fear, not I have anger, not I have all these things, not I have sickness, not I have disease, not, no, no, I have Christ. I am a Christian. You're changing your identity, and because you're changing your identity, not in the confession of your mouth, that happens there too, but in your heart, in your identity of who you are, you're changing your identity, and when you change your identity, you are then able to say, by the grace, by the mercy, by the love, by the power, by the forgiveness, I am what I am in God. And you can start moving forward into that place where the heavens on, on your life that you need, the heavens will open, your eyes will be open, your ears will be open, your gift will come alive because you're taking on the identity of what vessel God had created and the gift that was placed in that vessel, they need to come together. The identity needs to come together for the gift to be joined to it because the gift is made for you and you are made for the gift. 
The gift will put you in front of great men and women. You won't. So you're born again. Spirit of God comes in you. The Holy Spirit, baptism, we move in power and signs and wonders, healings, miracles. We become witnesses of God all across the world. Uh, we have the power and the authority of his name. We become Christian. Our identity now is I'm not naked. Our identity now is I'm not a demoniac. Our identity now is I'm not depressed. I'm not fearful. I'm not a drug addict. I'm not sick. I'm not this. Your identity becomes I am a Christian. And because of that, now there's legal rights. You're his workmanship. You're a son and his daughter. You are heirs to the throne of righteousness. You are the head and not the tail, right? So these things start coming that the anointing can come now and rest on you. The gift can come and rest on you. The calling of God can start manifesting because it's lined up with the right place in the right timing of who God called to be in you, the actual you God called. Jeremiah in the womb, before you were formed. God already had an identity about him. He had one about David, Mary, Paul, Peter, Mark, and you, all of us. He has it of in his mind and in his spirit of when we are pushed through the womb because our spirits in heaven comes through the womb. Your parents are just giving you the body you live in. They're not giving you life. God is giving you life, and life is conceived when God brings that life together in the womb. Okay, And so we're born, and we are alive in him. And when we come out of the womb, we have this world that's just jumping on us and a million identities to pick from. But there's only one identity that God can use in a kingdom. And that is when you recognize that you are what you claim to be, but you're saying it more than just a title. You're saying it as an identity. I am a Christian. I am Christ-like. Uh, I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Are you following me? I want to show you one more example. I could go through this forever, but in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is asking a question. And he says to his disciples, he says, who do you say that I am? In verse 15, Matthew 16, verse 15, he says, who do you say that I am? Now, this is powerful because this is going to establish an identity from a carpenter. This is going to establish an identity from someone they saw grow up, from Mary's son. This is, going to, this is going to establish an identity to where now they can receive because they've lined up with who he is. Now, he's been doing signs and wonders, and he's been doing the talking, but now it's time for the actual identity to be revealed to them. And this is what you and I need in our life about our identities in God. It's one thing to say. It's one thing to see God move through you, but it's another to know that yes, you may be from York, you may be from Richmond, Virginia, you may be from Ohio, your parents may have been uh, coal workers or they worked in businesses or they sold cars or maybe you were a cowboy or maybe you worked on boats down at the beach at the marina, or maybe you were a fisherman, maybe you know you worked on a pipeline, maybe you're a truck driver, maybe you're a mechanic, maybe you were a plumber, maybe you're a scholar, a teacher in a college, maybe you're a doctor, maybe you're a lawyer. That may be like Jesus was a son of a carpenter, but there comes a time where you become a child of God and the identity of Christian as is powerful to you as recognizing and changing in your mind and understanding of what's happening as it is for those in the hometown of Jesus going from carpenter to Jesus. Now, I'm not saying you're Jesus. I'm saying in your life, you need that shifting of identity to really own and grasp the call of God on your life, the, the purpose of what you have. And so he says to him, who do you say? And Simon Peter answers, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Listen to this statement in verse 17. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, 
Because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my Father who is in heaven. It is impossible to go to counseling. It's impossible to go to conferences. It's impossible to go through any self-help. It's impossible to go through any of that and find your identity. Now, they may be the tools to which open you up to hear from God to find your identity. But the core of our identity has got to come from the knowledge of Jesus Christ and what he has said about you. It's got to come from the Father who is in heaven, just like it did with Peter. Because Jesus is saying, this is not of your own. You could not have known this. You and I cannot know what God's called us. We cannot know our real identities. All we can really know is the symptoms, the the, the pressures of life. I, I have anxiety. I have fear. I have depression. I have addictions. I have sadness. I have anger. I have mental issues. I have sickness. I have... No, 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 no. The only way to get out of that is for Jesus to call you by name and tell you, you are a Christian. You are his son or daughter. You are a child of God. You are born again and a new creation. That settles what you are. You may struggle. My flesh may be anxious. My flesh may be sick. My flesh may be depressed, but I am not. I. It's not a confession of ignorance or saying, I don't acknowledge what I have. No, no. It's a confession of identity, of saying, who I am. I am a Christian. I am a, a born-again child of God, and I need help in my flesh with this addiction. I am a child of God who needs help with anxiety. I am a child of God who needs help with fear. I need a child of God who needs help with the sickness. I'm a child of God who needs help with depression. But the root of what you are is a child of God. You are a Christian. You are Christ-like. You've got to press into God until his voice gets through to you louder than everything else. Last week we talked about Jezebel and the still uh, quiet voice where he heard him. Well, sometimes it's quiet, and if you're fighting that wicked spirit, you got to calm down, settle down, and hear God. But if it's in this case, you got to get that louder than your addiction, louder than your depression, louder than your sickness, louder than your body is manifesting or your mind is trying to convince you of what you are. You simply, by a biblical fact, not arguing, no interpretation. It's not a debatable thing. You are, if you are born again, you are a child of God, a new creation. That is your identity. It's so much your identity that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You have access to the throne of God boldly whenever you want. He lives in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And when you lose a shell, you're going to heaven, not because you named it and claimed it, but because your identity confirms what you profess with your mouth that happened inside you. I was once dead and now I am alive. The blind man, what happened? I was blind, now I see. Yeah, but what happened? I don't know. I was blind, now I see. I can't explain my new birth. I can't explain my born again. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. But there's an old dead Jason and there's a new one now and I'm a new creation in Christ. I am a new creation in Christ and so are you if you were born again listening to me here tonight. And because of that, I have rights. I have legal rights. And my legal rights are, when I'm struggling, I'm allowed to press into the grace of God. When I'm struggling, I can press into the mercy of God. When I'm struggling, I can press into the, we have a high priest who's been through all, all, every temptation, and he knows what it's like. I can press into the, the common ground if he understands my struggles. I can press into... Like last week's drops of blood, sweating of anguish. I can press into needing to tell people I need prayer, needing to say 
Paul, I'm a little worried. He would say, you don't have a spirit of fear. And James, tell the elders of the church you're sick. They lay oil on you and you will recover. It's not a bad confession when your identity is grounded in who you are. A bad confession is when your confession is moving your identity away from God. You don't have a confession problem. You have an identity problem. Are you, are you following me? Even Jesus was weak and needed to go sleep. He was stressed in his body, sweat, blood, right? I'm not saying he never failed, but he was in the flesh like us. He's not shocked that this is hard, that you might have a depression or anxiety or addiction. He's going to take it from you, but we got to give it to him from a place of, I am a Christian. That's what I want to end with and lead you in. You are a Christian. You are a son or daughter of God. You have the rights of every promise in the Bible. You no longer live under the law or the curse. You do not have anything in you the enemy can place on you. You live a father-filtered life. You have the only father who's ever been the good father. He'll never give you a snake when you ask for bread. You don't have to worry about all this stuff. You live a father-filtered life. Satan is not touching you without God knowing it. Demons aren't coming near you without God knowing it. Nothing's happened without God knowing it. And if God is permitting it, like with Job or a thorn aside with Paul, then God knows what you can handle. You just don't know it. And you don't know it because your identity is still wrapped into your strength, your physical strength, your understanding strength. And in the kingdom of God, it doesn't matter how strong you are physically or how much you know in the world. It's worth nothing. It's worth nothing. You need to have biblical strength, spiritual growth and foundation, strong spirit that's healthy. And you got to understand that you are no longer a part of this world. The rules here are not your rules. So you can't fight the battles in the spirit with earthly weapons. Or you're going to end up like people fight with earthly weapons. And that's a problem for a lot of us is we want spiritual answers by fighting with earthly weapons. It doesn't work. We've got to be spirit-led people. Those whose minds are on the spirit is life and liberty. And those whose mind is on the law is death. Those whose mind is on the flesh is death. For the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus has come to give life and give life more abundantly. There is life in him. There is freedom in him. There is power in him. There is grace in him. There is mercy in him. There is an, an acceptance of your struggles in him. You don't own your struggles. I'm not this or that. I'm a child of God who's going through something right now. I'm a child of God who needs help in something. I'm a child of God who needs this flesh delivered or this, this torment to leave me or this spiritual attack to get away from me. Own what you are. You are a Christian. First declared in Antioch, still declared today. We are Christ-like, titled, identified, marked for life, names written in the Lamb's book. We are Christians. We are God's children. That's who you are. That's who you are. And everything that happens to you is happening outside that reality. Because the Father, if he's giving you that reality, it'll change your life. And so I'm going to pray with you and wrap this up and end it. I want to pray tonight that God would open your eyes and your ears spiritually, that you would hear the Father give you the same revelation that Peter got, that this is not a carpenter, this is not just a prophet. This is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I'm going to pray tonight that God opens your ears, your eyes, your spirit, that you hear you are not what you were. You are not from so-and-so. You are not an identity outside anything other then you are a child of God. And if you don't know the Lord tonight, 
I'm, I'm telling you, it's easier than you think it is. You pray and ask Jesus into your life to be your personal Savior. Just repent of your sins. Just say, hey, I'm done. I give all that stuff up. You want to give your life to Jesus. Invite him to come and live in you. Believe that he is the Christ, the Son of God, that he died and rose from the grave for you. Uh, and then I want you to ask them, hey, I want a new life. I want to be a new creation like Nicodemus. How do I be born again? Let's go through it. Ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Find a good, strong, Bible-believing, Holy Spirit-filled church. Get locked in and start growing. Become a weapon uh, of war for the kingdom of God that he called you to be. Uh, if you don't have that, keep following us. Watch our videos or YouTube channel. Come visit us when we travel. And I'm telling you, your life will change because your identity it's where everything stems from. And so uh, I got to stop. Went a little bit longer tonight than I wanted to. But maybe next week we'll pick back up on this a little bit more uh, and go a little deeper in it than we did tonight. But Father, Father, we thank you tonight for those that are watching, for those who've opened their eyes and their ears, that you would speak into them about who they are. They are a Christian. They are a child of God. That is their identity. They have mercy. They have grace. They have forgiveness. They have all that you have offered them. We thank you, God, that you're going to bring that into them like the revelation you brought to Peter, like the revelation that you brought to Paul when he said that by the grace of God, I am what I am, that we all may rejoice that by the grace of God, we are what we are in the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit reaching to those that may not know you tonight, that those that may know of you but not know you, that you would lead them into a prayer, uh, into a place of relationship, of intimacy with you, that you would stir those that already know you to a place of passion, a place of fire, a place of purpose, to get up off their butt and start building a kingdom, start pursuing, get rid of the excuses, move forward. And for Father, for those that are struggling in their flesh, maybe in their mind, uh, that you would encourage them. Their identity is a child of God. They may struggle, but their identity is in you, and you will come and free them and deliver them and do with their life what they never thought was possible. Because with man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. We thank you. We love you. We pray and say, Father, uh, we want this revelation tonight. We want it more and more and more about the identity of who we are in you. And so, man, amen, amen. If you pray that tonight, we believe, I believe that something's changing your life. You're going to be different. Your problems might not have gone away. But I guarantee you will look at him from a different perspective, a place of victory and power because Jesus is alive and well. And he's still the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So uh, T. Jason Price, Power for Freedom Ministries. Uh, come and visit us this weekend if you're out round and about. You can also check us out online. But God bless you. Keep living strong. Build your spirit. Advance the kingdom. And never look back. Keep moving forward and don't ever give up. God is worth it. The call is worth it. It is worth it. So God bless you. Uh, thanks. Love you. And uh, we'll see you next time we're on. If not, join us here for Spirit Life. Uh, it's 8 o'clock next Wednesday. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this episode of PFFM Spirit Life Teachings. If you have any questions or comments, need prayer, or just want to reach out, please call or text 717 537 PFFM or email us at info at PFF Ministries.org. God bless.